10 the podcast, 10 minutes every 10 days. My name is John Wilkerson. I think last time I said that I had recorded the podcast using Podbean. I did recorded it using Podbean, and I was hoping for kind of a single stream way to upload this because it's hosted on Podbean now. And on top of that, Podbean allows me to record directly onto the service. Now, the biggest issue I noticed was the file name didn't match the pattern that I normally like to have for file names. Now, I don't know if that's something I can change. I didn't want to explore it too much last time, but I'm going to try exploring it this time to see if there's a way for me to change that file name so that it follows the format that I like. Now, I'm not talking about the title or the description or anything like that, but the actual name of the file is what I'm looking at. I was pretty happy with the way that it sounded. I did eventually run it through Auphonic, since I downloaded the file anyway. But if I can just do it with Podbean, that is going to create a lot of things that are going to be, well, it's going to be easier for me to produce the podcast because it'll be one step to record and upload and make it available. And then all I have to do is put it on my blog and I'm done, right? No problem. By the way, I have my bird Lulu on my shoulder right now. She's talking while I'm talking. You want to get off? Hmm? Okay, here, yeah. Come here, noisy bird. Fortunately, she's not squawking and making tons of noise. Anyway, it's uh, it's kind of late for me to be recording one of these episodes. But I was tied up with a lot of work today, so I couldn't uh, take a break <laughs> like I normally do. But it's Good Friday, and... I've been watching a lot of things that have to do with Good Friday. By the way, Matt Whitman over the 10-Minute Bible Hour, he's doing a bang-up job over there. Check out his video on how the date of Easter is calculated. If you don't know, it's pretty confusing. And Eastern Orthodox traditions calculated differently than we do here because they use the Julian calendar to do the calculations, and we're on the Gregorian calendar right now, which is the rest of the West is on, and it's kind of drifted off from that old Julian calendar. And so that means that the, the, our Easters don't always align. Last year they aligned, but I don't think they're going to align again until 2025, I think, is the date. Anyway, I digress. Good Friday. And I've been thinking about Catholicism a lot lately. Not that I'm looking to convert, necessarily, but I do like some of the liturgical elements of Catholicism. I like the fact that, for example, today, many people who are Catholics are probably going through the... have are going through or have gone through the 14 stations of the cross. And this is something to help us 
to remind us of the Easter story. Remember, when all of these things were were developed, it was because people were illiterate. They couldn't read the Bible, or there wasn't a Bible for them to read. And so the best way to share the message and to educate people on the crucifixion and what happened was to create these stations, these 14 stations of the cross, where people would go, they would observe an icon or a stained window or a painting or a statue or whatever. They would observe these and they would pray according to that station. And that's what built their faith. And I think we as Protestants, some Protestants, not all, I know that Episcopals and Lutherans and even Methodists do this. But many of us Protestants, I guess you would say evangelicals, we kind of, a lot, I, I did it in the past, we kind of look over at Catholics and we say, why are they doing that? They don't need, there's freedom in Christ. You don't need to do that. Well, yeah, there's freedom in Christ. But there's also great wonder and worship tied up in the liturgy of the high church, right? Most evangelicals go to low church, meaning there's not a lot of liturgy. And a lot of Catholics and Lutherans and Episcopals and even some Methodists, they have a very high church, lots of liturgy in it. And I think that's missing. I think I've talked about this in the past, about how I really think that we need to have more of that in evangelical churches. Because what do we do? We show up for church. Uh, there's a three-song set. Uh, there's announcements, right? The pastor comes up, preaches his sermon. Maybe there's an altar call. There's another song for closing. Somewhere in there, there's an offering. And that's it, really. There's not too much to it. And some churches you go to, you never know what to expect, depending on the style of worship that they have. If it's a very charismatic church, then you, you things are often not the same from week to week because they're spirit-led. But I think there's something about this time of the year. This time of the year and also Christmas time that evangelicals should embrace from the Catholic Church. And that is this idea of seasons, church seasons, and and set ways of worship. You know, the purpose of, of, of liturgy, the purpose of it is not to, you know, have a, have a fixed, necessarily have a fixed set of worship, but the liturgy is there to teach. And so many Christians, they go to church day in, day out, and they have no idea about the tenets of their faith. They have no idea about what happened uh, the last week before Christ died and was resurrected. They have no clue, but there are many Catholics who do because of the Stations of the Cross. 
it's funny. It's funny because I, when I was younger, I never valued that. I never valued liturgy. I never, never valued symbolism or iconography. And again, we don't, we don't worship icons. I don't think we should put too much stock into symbolism. But even, even evangelicals, we have symbols that we use in our worship. I'm not talking about the symbols on the drum drum set. <laughs> I'm talking about symbols that we have in our worship of what represents what. And I think we need a little bit more of that because it makes the gospel more approachable and it makes it a little bit easier to teach when a child asks why are we doing this? And we can say to them, well, it represents this. It represents, well, Palm Sunday is a great example. Why are we making, we, we do this off and on in our church. Why are we making these little crosses out of palm fronds? Well, it symbolizes Christ's triumphal entry where the people laid palm fronds in front of him. We talked about it last week with my kids. Why is it called Palm Sunday? We explained it to them. Why do we call this Good Friday when Christ died on Good Friday? What makes that good? We're able to explain that to them. But sometimes liturgy and symbolism, it's a tool to explain those things. We can show them the scripture. We can read the scripture to them. They can read it themselves. But sometimes it's the symbolism that helps solidify it in their hearts. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Kind of went in a bunch of different directions today, but symbolism, liturgy, I think is important. And I hope that uh, I hope that you have a good Friday, and you have a great Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, however you like to term it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears.